Ladies and gentlemen, this is Three Count Review. Do I have everybody's attention now? Welcome everyone to Three Count Review. I am KO, aka Howard J. Dingers, and this is the first Three Count Review podcast. Uh, I'm going to start doing wrestling podcasts instead of trying to force the wrestling into the Three Count Review podcast. I'm just going to separate the two. I'm going to have two different podcasts. It's going to be on the same podcast channel, so if you're subscribed, you're going to get both First Round and Three Count, so just look out for those. Um, I know on Spotify they separate the cover arts and on Anchor and that kind of stuff. I'm not sure about Apple, but we'll find out. But anyway, yeah, this is uh, I'm going to be doing lengthy, not lengthy, but l- longer than the YouTube videos. I'm going to do Raw, SmackDown, and NXT reviews on here. I won't be doing NXT review videos anymore. Uh, they're just I don't know. They're too short. There's not a, that much interest in it. It gets considerably less views. Um, so right now it's not really worth my time. Um, eventually it will be, but eventually also there's going to be AEW and I will most likely be doing AEW, uh, review videos also. So, um, that's where, so it's raw and SmackDown videos for now. And then I'm going to do a full recap of the week with, uh, reviews and news updates on the podcast here. So that's what we're going to do. So anyway, Let's talk about Monday Night Raw. We had a really good episode of Monday Night Raw this week uh, with, uh, you know, we and starting out with Roman Reigns. I don't know. I I still don't like the uh, wild card rule, and I've heard that it's probably going to go away when SmackDown moves to Fox, but I don't know. Still right now, I still I, I feel like I have to mention I don't like – I don't mind the wild card rule. It's, it's when you have the same person on both shows, much like they do with Roman Reigns quite a bit it kind of makes me I don't know I it makes me less excited to see them the next you know if they're on Raw and on Smackdown then when they show up on Smackdown I'm like okay I just saw this dude yesterday this is why we have a brand split this is why we have two different shows so that's just my little rant on that um yeah and we (laughs) they had the video package for the Roman attack thing and we'll get to that for SmackDown because that, that storyline has taken a hard dive straight into the ground face plant. Um, but yeah, the, we had a Dolph match. Dolph had some really good lines. And listen, Dolph is really, really good in this character that he has. And it's and it's a very self-aware character where he's a, he's a comedy guy. And he's doing these kind of... The, I, I keep hearkening back to like, if, you ever, if you've ever seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail, the guy, the the uh, the bridge keeper, or the gatekeeper, whatever he's called, he he's in that fight and he gets all of his limbs chopped off, and he's like, "I can keep fighting. It it is but a flesh wound." Like that. That's where this Dolph thing is kind of going. He didn't do that here, but that's kind of the sense of the character. Like he's not, he's a self aware in the kayfabe stance, but like his actual character is not aware of what he is, and he thinks he's a lot better than he is. But he's just playing it off really well. It's really fun. It's it, it's. It's quite entertaining, actually. Like, I know I said that I can't get it. I'm not getting into Dolph matches at all because I don't believe that he's going to win, like, any of them, except when he beat uh, Mustafa the couple weeks ago. But I don't know. But anyway, the the character is entertaining right now. So, yeah, he he had a few good lines. Like, you know, he's not a keyboard warrior like the fans, and he wanted to face Roman man-to-man, but then he blindsided him with a super kick. It was really funny. Um, yeah. Uh, so then, yeah, so then, so then we had the Roman and Dolph match, 
And this was actually a really good match. It was a lot of, like, because it started off with that big super kick, the match was mostly just, like, big moves and big moves and a lot of near falls from Dolph Ziggler. Roman kicked out of all of his stuff, um, minus the super kick. So they're still kind of protecting that because the super kick was at the beginning of the match. I don't think he tried one at the end of the match. But anyway, um, you know, he kicked out of the Famouser. He kicked out of the zigzag. He, he kicked out of all the big moves. So th that was really good. Um, but, yeah, it was just a fun, fast-paced uh, match and a great, great finish to this match, too. Dolph was going for his stinger splash, and Roman just jumped out of the corner and speared him into the mat. It looked phenomenal. Dolph should just Dolph should just sell spears. Every Everyone should just spear Dolph. Everyone. <laughs> like, I don't care if you have a spear in your moveset. Just, just if you're in a match with Dolph Ziggler, spear him because it will make you, it'll make it look devastating. And it was, it was really cool. I, I really enjoyed that match. Uh, oh yeah. So then we were supposed to have, because Corey Graves is on vacation with Carmella and we were supposed to have, so King, uh, Jerry, the King Lawler was on commentary to filling in for him. So then we were supposed to have a King's court segment with Sasha Banks because of what Sasha did last week to Natalia beating up, you know, the heel turn, the, reveal of the blue hair and king is out there and he's hyping up uh the king of the ring and he had his pick of i think his finals for raw was ricochet and cedric alexander which you know could happen but i don't i don't think so um we'll see i don't know we'll see i my brackets not completely done because my winner's still in there, but my bracket's pretty much... I had, the, I had Kevin Owens going to the finals, and now he's out, which is stupid, but we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, so King, he was about to give his SmackDown picks, and all of a sudden the lights systematically turn off. And and this was actually really good. Uh, King, he, he probably shouldn't have said anything because all of his delivery, deliveries are very cartoonish. So him saying stuff, but, but I, I liked what they were going for where he was just like, uh, no, no, no. I've seen this before. I'm getting out of the ring. So he does, he leaves the ring. The lights keep turning off and he's about halfway up the ramp and the lights turn completely off. And then he, it comes back on and he's on the ramp and this, the, okay. It, it looked stupid because he's just looking at the ring. But at the same time, now that I'm thinking about it, so the lights the lights kind of turn back on, the flashy, you know, fiend lights, whatever they use. And he's looking at the ring. And now that I'm thinking about it, that's because the fiend, every time he comes to attack someone, he appears in the ring. The only time he's not been in the ring was during his entrance at SummerSlam. So, like, the fact that Jerry's just kind of, like, looking around on the stage with his back turned to the to the Minitron, to the Titantron, that actually works because he's looking for the Fiend in the ring. But then <laughs> in what was actually great, like, positioning and great, <laughs> great camera work was just the Fiend just kind of popped out from behind him, like, over his shoulder. And then Jerry noticed him and he got the mandible claw and he passed out. And it, This was good because I was fully expecting a Sasha Banks interview because that's what they told us we were going to have. And it that Sasha thing was kind of like the big story from last week. So I thought, okay, this is just going to be a full, I, I, I had no idea where the fiend was going to be on this show. And 
to take away a segment that was kind of announced, a big segment, King's Court with Sasha Banks, to take that away because The Fiend interrupted it. I think that's fantastic. I think it it furthers the fact that we don't know when he's going to attack. We don't know if he's going to attack. There's going to be shows like last week where The Fiend isn't even on TV. He's going to pick his spots, and they're going to be sporadic, and they're going to be when you don't know that it's happening. I thought this was really good. I really like what they're doing with with uh, Bray Wyatt right now. Um, that means we got Vic Joseph on commentary. I really, I really like Vic Joseph actually, and I it's I don't know maybe it's because I don't listen to him as much as Michael Cole and Tom Phillips, but I really enjoy him. He, his delivery is actually decent, and it's it's got some passion behind it. And I know that's a that's a big complaint that a lot of wrestling fans have about. Uh, about commentators, so I, I I like it. He's not Corey Graves, but Vic Joseph was a good replacement. It was a breath of fresh air on commentary. Um, so then we had a tag team match. It was basically the King of the Ring dudes who didn't have a match this week. It was it was for next week. So it was there was a reason behind the tag match. I didn't mind this. Uh, Ricochet and Miz taking on Drew and Corbin. Of course, Drew and Ricochet are going to take on or fight each other next week, and Miz and Corbin next week. One of those matches will be phenomenal. The other match will be super boring. <laughs> you can guess. Um, th- and this is where they uh, they revealed the King of the Ring throne, which I'm okay with. There should be a throne for the celebration. But also next to the throne was a crown, a cape, and a scepter. And this is super disappointing. Unless, and if you if you go back and you watch my King of the Ring predictions video, I have a workaround for this. But my worry is that whoever wins this is going to get stuck with a King gimmick, and that just unless it's Baron Corbin, because Corbin could pull it off because he's so hateable and people would hate him even more because he's wearing the. I think he could make that work. Anyone else, even Andrade, I don't, it would not look like no one should be wearing that cape and crown. The last two winners, we've seen what it does to them. It does not work. Wade Barrett and Sheamus does not work. One of them's not even with the company anymore. So I really hope that my prediction comes true that it's Drew McIntyre that wins. And he just goes sod all this, and he destroy. He stomps on the crown, he throws the cape, and he just breaks the scepter over his knee. And he says, "I don't give a damn about being king. I just wanted. I I won the tournament. You can call me king, but I don't want any of this crap. I all I want is the championship. And he can go after Seth Rollins in the Universal Championship. That is the ideal way to do this. Andrade could do the same thing." Um, I don't know who else. Ricochet, I guess King Ricochet. He could maybe just the crown, maybe even just the cape. Not both, <laughs> but you know th- that could work. There's there are workarounds. I'm trying to think of who else is even Cedric. God, don't stick Cedric with that. That that would just no, <laughs> that wouldn't work. Buddy Murphy again, crown or cape could work. Not both. Not all three things. It's just not gonna work. All right. Anyway, that that that's my rant about that. Um, <laughs> I wrote down during the entrances that I do not miss Baron Corbin. I just, I'm not a fan of Baron Corbin. He's boring in the ring. He has a cool moveset, and that's the that's the upsetting thing. If you put that moveset on someone else, like, example, because I'm a big NXT guy, Dominic Dijakovic. 
If you put Baron Corbin's moveset on, and I don't mind Dijakovic's moveset, uh, not at all. I'm just saying, a guy of his skill, of Dijakovic's skill, if you put Baron Corbin's moveset on there, it would be amazing. But Baron Corbin is so slow, and he, I, and I, it might be now part of the gimmick, but before, he's just not that great of a wrestler. And maybe it's become part of the gimmick, and now he's supposed to do all these headlocks and all this crap, but it's just, it's giving me the wrong kind of heat. I legitimately zoned out during this match. Like, I did not pay that much attention because when Corbin was in there, when Drew was in there, I was paying attention because Drew's fantastic. But, like, with Corbin, I really just, it's go-away heat. As in, I don't, I want you to go away. And it's not like, the, the kind of heat that you're supposed to get on a WWE show is, I want to see you get beaten up. I want to see you get yours by the babyface. I don't, there shouldn't be heat where I literally don't want to see you on my screen. <laughs> Heels are supposed to be engaging and uh, oh boo i don't like you but you know i i want to see you get your yeah uh, whatever um weird weird something wrong with the lights at the beginning of this match too they were red ring was red i'm not sure i thought much like i heard the uh, guys on wrestle talk talk about this too i thought for sure that the king of the ring matches were going to be gimmicked with like the red lighting much like sinkara's matches used to have like the dark blue lighting on the ring and I was really worried, but then it must have just been an error. They turned it off. Um, commentary was putting over that Drew was going to win, which, good God, that, like, literally everyone. Booker T later in the show said he was going to win. Um, I guess King didn't pick. He picked Ricochet to beat Drew in the first round. So that, I, But Michael Cole, I don't think Vic made a pick, but uh, Renee, they were all putting over McIntyre to win, which worries me a lot because I think he should win. It's either I okay. Here are my big. I don't think I said this in the video, and I was going to. Drew should win. Uh, Buddy Murphy should win. Andrade should win. Those are the th uh, Ricochet. I'll get. I'll give it four. Those four are the. If it's not one of those four, I'll be very upset. Unless, and I don't like the guy, but I think it could work. And I'm, I think I just I could see Vince doing this. Corbin, if, Cor if Baron Corbin wins it. I'll get over it because it could be very entertaining. We'll see. Because Corbin can be good. I, I know I hate on him, but he but it's because I don't want to see him. But he could be good, and I think the King gimmick could work. Um, so, yeah, Drew, Drew probably won't win because commentary was putting him over the moon. Um, <laughs> yeah, at one point in the... I wrote this... That, at one point in the match, the crowd stopped paying attention, and they were looking in, like, the back right corner of the hard cam... And the camera crew, credit to them, they made a good effort of not showing what it was. But the, whatever it was, they started, everyone was looking at it and they started booing that and it just looked bad. I don't know what it was. And then my next note says, they didn't pay attention to this match. I didn't pay attention to this match. Shocker, Ricochet was the most impressive in this match. Um, and Ricochet hit a recoil on Corbin for the win. Good. You don't want, you don't want, uh, because Ricochet is not facing Corbin, so that's a great finish. Boom. That's all I need to say about that. Uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> Michael Cole. Okay, so here's the Booker T segment. Michael Cole took a Skype call in the middle. They must have a... They, they, they have to have a sponsorship deal with Skype. Like, that's the only explanation here. <laughs> that they've done this two weeks in a row, and I can't see it going away for the foreseeable future. So, I'm not too excited about that. 
Um, but yeah, but th this was a useless segment. Uh, talking to Booker T, he put over how much the King of the Ring um, changed his career. And to be fair, like Michael Cole says, King Booker was King Booker was probably the best King gimmick that we had. The best King of the Ring winner, as in the King of the Ring changing that guy's career not really cha or changing the character and him working with it he was probably the best because stone cold was going to get a title like all these other guys were already near the top i i would argue edge maybe it propelled him but even then he didn't get a title shot for months after so i booker king booker was probably the best so whatever um yeah booker also put over mcintyre so that's awesome and, uh, yeah. It, oh, the other thing, cause uh, Lawler did this too. And I, I don't like this and they did it last week, like a few times, I think with Kevin Owens is where these, they, they put, uh, they just mention all of the names who have won it in the past, all the big names, you know, Stone Cold, Owen Hart, <laughs> Edge, you know, the, the name drop all these guys for the pop and it just, it's the they did it twice in this show. They did it a bunch of times last week. It just it, it annoys me because those are just those are cheap pops. Uh, okay, U.S. title match: AJ Styles defending against Braun Strowman. This was fun. This was booked very well because Strowman was just dominating AJ. AJ was trying to cut Braun down, um, and you know Braun was just eating all the you know it, it wasn't working, and Braun was chasing him on the ring. He was showing how dominant he can be, and AJ proved that he's the chicken. The, oh, I can swear this is the podcast now. He's the chicken shit heel, so he's running away, and the OC eventually, after like two or three minutes, come in and break up the pin. That that was, I think that was, I think that's the right way to do it, especially because of what they did later, which is just fantastic. It was also, it was also here, it was also here that I noticed that there, that as much as I liked Vic Joseph. Because I really did. I really enjoyed him. It dawned on me that all three of the commentators were babyface. <laughs> when Nigel McGuinness is just sitting there. like he And he has to be there, at least in the vicinity of the city, because he does 205 Live. Like That's why Vic Joseph was there. And I'm sure, I think they do, I think, well, maybe Vic Joseph does main event. Maybe that's why he was there. But still, what? <laughs> Nigel McGuinness is right there. <laughs> He's a great commentator. He would have been perfect with Renee. Anyway, sorry. That, that's another another rant. But this match, you know, the big forearm. AJ went for the nominal forearm, and Braun Strowman swatted him out of the air. Swatted him like a fly. Fl no. Fl <laughs> what was the term? Swatted him like a... I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, sorry, I was trying to think it. Michael Cole, I think it was like a Ryback Kalisto match. He completely messed up that saying, and now it was like flooded him like a swy. I think it was. I was trying to think of that. Anyway, yeah, the OC beat up Braun, and that, and this was also good because Luke Gallows looked like he was almost to the level of Braun Strowman. Like he still needed Carl Anderson's help, but they really kind of put over how big and how good Luke Gallows can be. So that was a nice little detail in there. Um, and they're about to give him the magic killer. Out comes Seth Rollins uh, with a backwards hat on because he's cool. He's really cool, guys. Trust me. He's really cool. Please think he's cool. So he comes out uh, opposite of what happened last week with Braun saving Seth. B 
but Seth makes the save. They all run off, and there was a little bit of tension there, which the which is good because they're set, they're setting up that, which I'm sure they'll announce. Um, but yeah, the, then they do a backstage segment, and Seth tells Braun, "Hey man, I know you want my title, but they screwed you out of a title shot tonight. We should go after their championships because they they screwed with us. So let's go take their title. Let's let's have a raw tag team match." Tonight, raw champion, raw, raw tag team championship match. Tonight, Braun, Braun just kind of, <clears throat> and then okay, cool. Seth was gonna go. Seth was gonna go talk to someone to set that up. Who is he talking to? Cause Shane's on SmackDown. Haven't seen Triple H or Stephanie or Vince for that matter in a very long time. Wh- wh- who? I thought we were the authority. Anyway. I'm going to go off on a lot of tangents like that. I apologize. Samoa Joe versus Cesaro. This was the first uh, King of the Ring match in the first round here. And to start off the match, which, as we will see throughout this review, is a big uh, theme throughout these a lot of matches. Not, not only the King of the Ring matches, but a lot of matches this week. Uh, Cesaro ran out of the corner with a big uppercut for a near fall. And I saw jokes online that this was for Tyson Kidd. And I don't know if that's true. It's probably just a meme. But if that actually was the case, that Cesaro was just so pissed at Joe for the Tyson Kidd incident, that would be phenomenal. I. <laughs> anyway, um, for those of you that don't know, Tyson Kidd is still is retired because of a muscle buster from Samoa Joe. Um, yeah, but the, so yeah, that was in your fault. And this was a great match. I didn't even, and I'm probably going to start doing this more. I didn't take many notes on this match because I was just sitting there watching in, in amazement. Like this match was really good, really hard hitting. Um, eventually after a great set of exchanges and uh, reversals of finishers, Cesaro tapped out to the Coquina clutch. So Samoa Joe moved on, uh, one for one on that one. In my predictions. My bracket was good after that one. My bracket was great until the main events of SmackDown. Uh, we had a, an Elias segment. And this was actually really funny. He he came out and he had microphone problems, which there are reports that the mic problems weren't actually part of the gimmick. I think they were. Um, I really do think they were because it fits into it. would have been way too coincidental for that to not be part of the gimmick. But yeah, the, the microphone was cutting in and out and like scratchy and uh, and then he started playing his guitar, and his guitar was detuned, and it, it was really funny. Um, so then he calls for a stagehand, and the lights come up, and the stagehand slides the guitar in, and he comes in. And <laughs> the guitar, the stagehand is all in a hoodie. You can see this coming from a mile away, but R-Truth sold this so well. He takes off the hood to reveal that it's him. <laughs> and he just has... The most shit-eating grin on his face with, like, his lip tucked up so you can really see his front teeth. It was just, he looked so goofy. He knows that he's a comedy guy, and he fully leans into it. It was hilarious. Uh, But Truth went for multiple roll-ups. Elias kicked out of all of them, and he eventually ran away. This was, this was good. I really enjoyed this one. Ray Mysterio, oh man, the Ray Mysterio segment this week. This was interesting. So Ray Mysterio was backstage and he was talking about losing to Andrade last week, last week, two weeks ago. I don't know. He he's been losing a lot lately, and he talks about how he talks about disappointing his family, and he talks about not knowing what to do next. 
so then he said, you know what? I think it's finally time. I'm going to let this new generation take over. It's time for me to retire and hang up the mask. So he legitimately then, on camera, which I kind of figured it wasn't going to happen, but he, I still bought into it. Um, just because he was backstage, I feel like if they were actually going to do this, he'd be in the ring and stuff. But he legitimately, like, starts to grab his mask and take it off. And he got decently far. And then all of a sudden, Dominic runs in. And Dominic stops him. And, he's, and he tells him, you know... You told me about when you started wrestling and you got to wrestle with Rey Mysterio Sr. You got to wrestle with your dad, and that's phenomenal. And now I'm getting into this, and when I was younger, you told me that one of my that my first match was going to be in a tag team match with my dad, with you. So you can't retire yet. I'm going to get in the ring. We're going to have a tag team match. I'm going to prove to you. I, I I'm gonna make you proud, basically, and we're we're gonna and, I, and maybe that'll help you get your confidence back. Blah blah blah. You know, this was okay. Here's the thing: Ray was really good in this, and I like the segment, and I like I like the content of what Dominic said. I don't like, however, Dominic's delivery. It was it was oh boy, it was not good. He needs he needs a mic. He needs a promo class, for sure. He needs a few. Go go talk to Sean in NXT. Go down go <laughs> go down to Full Sail. Have a few classes with Sean. You'll be fine. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. I guess we're getting Dominic. I wouldn't. I would actually. I don't know if they're gonna do this, but I actually would be really okay if they had Dominic turn on Ray. I don't know. That would be interesting. <laughs> then we had the revival versus the New Day. New Day. So, yeah, they mentioned before the match that New Day have never beaten the Revival because when the Revival got called up on onto Monday Night Raw, the New Day were about to go to SmackDown. So the New Day put over the Revival. Look where that got them. But anyway, the New Day have never actually beat the Revival. So that's a great story to have right now. Your champions and your challengers, but your champions have never actually beaten the challengers. That's a fantastic story. <laughs> so what does WWE do in this match? New Day wins by by disqualification. That's now I know that they can still tell the story of they've never be, they've never pinned or submitted them, but that's not as no. Come on, it easy easy solution because what happened here was an RKO out of nowhere from Randy, which is great, and I'm gonna get to that. But easy solution, have the revival win on a roll up. Or on a like a, like on a countout or something like I have have the revival get a cheap win over the over the champions and then and then that's where you have the, the revival and then that I don't know there's ways to do it keeping this intact this was just or just do it before the match do the RKO before the match before the bell even rings but yeah anyway uh uh. Sorry. Revival and Randy Orton beat up Xavier and Big E, and this was interesting. But Kofi comes out to make the save, but Randy hit an RKO on Kofi. And then they hit another RKO on Big E, and then they hit what I what I wrote down as a shatter RKO. as a shatter machine RKO, basically. With both Revival doing the flapjack into an RKO. It was a three-person 3D is what it was uh, to Xavier. And eventually then 
the Revival go up to do their leg break spot where they kind of tie up Xavier's leg and then the other one goes up to the top rope and they jump on it and it quote-unquote breaks the leg or messes it up. I'm not sure what they're... Yeah. Uh, and before before uh, before Dash jumps off the top rope, Randy's like, hold on, hold on. And he goes and he grabs Kofi and he drags him over to the corner and he just props his head up and he's like, watch this. And he makes him watch it. It was really cool. The build for this feud the last two weeks has been so much better than the SummerSlam feud. Like, so much better than the build to the SummerSlam match. Like, it was good because they had the backstory, but they relied way too heavily on the backstory, and they didn't do anything. They had that one in-ring promo together, and then they had two separate backstage promos, like video packages. and that. The, it was okay, but this has been really good so far. The, really good. I'm, I'm really enjoying it, and I'm really looking forward to the match now. Because hopefully it'll be better than SummerSlam. And then we eventually got to the Sasha Banks interview because Mike, they still wanted to do that. <laughs> Sasha, Michael Cole asked Sasha a question and Sasha, like, why did you do it to Natty? And Sasha goes, all right, we have to start from the beginning. So last week, <laughs> it's like, come on, Sasha, that's not the beginning. <laughs> And I get it where she's going into because she she says, so last week I was deciding what color should my hair be and blah, blah, blah. But don't say, well, let's start from the beginning. And then they're stupid. And then Michael Cole, oh, Michael Cole had the most convoluted question. And it was the wording was just terrible, just awful. I I, I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know what I and I I I tried to write it down. I couldn't because it was that bad. It <laughs> Go look it up. Go go watch this segment. Go watch the interview because it's the way Michael Cole talks is just it it literally it sounds like he has a monkey writing for him. It's bad. And no no that's not to say I'm not calling the writers monkeys. I'm, I'm saying it's 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 terrible. I'm saying it's bad, okay? I'm calling them out. It is bad. I'm not calling them monkeys. I'm just saying that the writing for Michael Cole is bad. It's bad. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus Fire and Desire. I don't know if this was a title match or not, but it doesn't matter because Alexa and Nikki won. I honestly... Oh, Nikki actually won this one. That's right. Uh, Nikki won with a neckbreaker. I just... I, I'm really... It upsets me because I'm not into this Alexa Nikki thing because one week they're heels, one week they're faces, and now they've been more faces, but they're not engaging as faces. And there is no story anymore because they haven't had tension between the two. Or like, there is no story between them anymore. It's just not. And now, now here's the thing: they've beaten everyone. They beat the Iconics. They beat the Kabuki Warriors, and now they've beat Fire and Desire. What other teams are there in WWE for the women's tag team titles? I honestly, honestly cannot think of another one. And that's probably on me. But, like, who the, who are they going to face? Who are they? These titles, are, these titles were not a great, not a good idea. Um, Sonya and Mandy deserve a lot better. They both deserve title shots and not tag team title shots. They both deserve women's championship matches. Sonya is fantastic. I said it on the video. I think she's one of the most underrated wrestlers in the world right now. Not to say that she's one of the best, but I think she's that underrated. She, Sonya is fantastic. And Mandy, you got to look past the reason that Vince likes her, which is the obvious, the looks. And 
you have to look past her tough enough experience and all that stuff. Mandy's really good. Mandy's actually very good in the ring. She she has a great knee strike, and she she's actually she's not she's not as bad as people give her credit. Like it, so, th this team, if they're not going to be tag champs, split them up. This could be a great feud that they could have together, and then give them title shots. Split them, put one on Raw, put one on SmackDown. Give them title matches. At least Sonya deserves a title run. But it'll be it'll be Mandy. Um, Cedric versus Sami Zayn, another first round matchup for the King of the Ring tournament. Again, I didn't write many notes for this, um, but it was a very short match, so I don't think I could have wrote many notes for this um, because I was watching it and it was short. But uh, Alexander won quickly with a lumbar check. Cool. I I I figured. I didn't think. Sami Zayn was going to win, especially because of what happened on Tuesday, this Tuesday now. But uh, yeah, good match. It was it was it was good for the short time that it had. Street Profits backstage talking about the King of the Ring tournament. Dawkins said his bracket was busted already because he had Cesaro going to the final, and then he asked, "Why don't we have a King of the Ring tournament? Uh, tag team tag team King of the Ring tournament?" And Montez Ford replied, "Because the Street Profits are already king in this piece." I know I'm white and I don't sound good saying that, but I was just, that's verbatim what he said. All right. Uh, anyway, quick note, and I won't go. Away. Never mind. I don't want to go into. I don't want to go into spoilers. Never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so Natty had a promo backstage and it was bad. It was bad. It was really bad. She's. They ruined. And I feel insensitive talking about this, but at the same time, not really because this is. This is what happened. Like last year when they did all the Jim Neidhart stuff with the Riot Squad, they just like they kind of made a joke out of it. And now when Natty's legitimately trying to get over the fact that she's or come across as distraught because of this a year later after all that happened, it's just not working. And they they kind of killed the I don't know. They they killed it. And so so, yeah, thankfully, Sasha came in and attacked Natty again, and Sasha left after the line, go to hell, Natty, and tell your dad I say hi. Whew. Good line. I, I do it. I very much enjoy that line. So then we have the main event of the show, the tag team match, the OC versus Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. <laughs> Last time Strowman was in a tag title match, he was tagging with a 10-year-old child. Just a friendly reminder there. Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, I actually oh no I didn't take notes that's the ending this was a really fun match uh, all four of these men are all five of these men I should say AJ was on the outside all all of these men are fantastic great spots they worked over Seth and the ribs until the eventual hot tag to Braun Strowman power slam to Carl Anderson Gallows was taken out somehow and Styles came in to try to interfere but got caught with a curb stomp from Seth Rollins and Braun pinned Carl Anderson, one, two, three. New tag team, new Raw tag team champions. <laughs> Sorry. New Raw tag team champions, Braun Strowman and the Universal Champion, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, by the way, has now held the WWE and Intercontinental at the same time. The Universal and tag, or no, the, no, it was the WWE and the US title at the same time. And then he had the Intercontinental Championship and the Tag Team Championship at the same time. And now he has had the Universal and Tag Team Champion at the same time. Seth likes holding two belts. Anyway, 
this, uh, another thing, I really like that they had Strowman get the win because that makes a, ta- a team between Strowman and the Universal Champion Rollins giving Braun the win. It's a little thing, but it kind of puts him closer to that, you know, I'm worthy of the Universal Championship. I know it's a tag match, but it's a little thing. Um, and as they're celebrating at the top of the ramp, Braun looks up at the Universal Championship and Seth notices. So, like I said... This is going to lead to, because it's Clash of Champions, it's going to lead to, you have to defend all the time. Every title has to be defended. So they're going to have to defend those tag team championships. And then later in the night, they're going to have to face for the Universal Championship. And I think that could be a really, really fun match. Really good storyline to tell. I know it's a little cookie cutter and we've seen it before, but I really, I I think it could be fun with Rollins and Strowman. Strowman is really good in this kind of stuff. I I think this could be really fun. So, yeah, that was Monday Night Raw. I think, yeah, those are all my notes. Smackdown Live. David Otunga on commentary because Graves is still with Carmella on vacation. Uh, David Otunga's decent. He's not great, but he's 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 better than Coachman. You know what? Let's just keep it. He's better than Coachman. Randy Orton opens the show. This opening segment was about six minutes long. And it was your WWE Championship match. Now, that is both good and bad because it was a good segment and it didn't need to be longer. But at the same time, you only gave your your main championship feud six minutes on this whole show. And it started the show. <laughs> anyway, Randy Orton opened the show. He called Kofi stupid. Um, and he said the power of positivity can be crushed by the three most dangerous letters in the WWE. R-K-O. New Day's music hit. Randy was looking at the ramp waiting for Kofi to run out and it was I don't know if Kofi was late or if this is what they meant to do but it was a long time that Kofi wasn't coming out it was painfully obvious what was going to happen Rand, or Kofi comes out behind Randy hits Randy with a trouble in paradise and yeah that that was I don't know Kofi then was going for the leg break spot that Randy or that the revival did to Xavier last week uh, with a chair but then the revival come out for the save and uh, Kofi fights them off with the chair, and Kofi, yeah, Kofi stood tall to end the segment. Like I said, like six minutes long, it was good, but I don't know. I think they deserve a little more time. Also, Kofi got a haircut. He looks like he did back in 2009, which is ironic because of the feud. Anyway, that was just a little thing. Another video package for the Roman Reigns and Attacker. So throughout the show, I'll get this out of the way now before we get to the actual quote, air quotes, cliffhanger at the end of the show the, the, the this roman the thing so daniel bryan was doing his investigation to see who actually attacked roman so that they could clear the good name of daniel and rowan and the, he comes in to start like i don't know at some point throughout the show he can't he he's him and rowan are dragging this dude a big dude wearing all black clothes and he has a black bag over his head and they put him in a room and they said, you know what you did. We know you won't leave or something. So he's just locked in that room all night. And there were multiple segments of Brian going in there and saying stuff. But my thought is, like, if you're Roman Reigns and you know or if you think, like, this man, Daniel, says that he is the man that attacked you and tried to murder you, why? <laughs> Roman should have been there the minute that man walked in. Like the, he and he's locked in a room with a bag over his head. He has no idea you're coming. Like, 
It's just so... It's stupid. And if you're the guy, why would you agree to have a bag over your head just in this room where Roman can come get you at any time? This is... It was bad, and it got even worse. It got even worse. We'll get to it, because it closed the show. Shane McMahon backstage, and uh, KO came in, and he was complaining about the fine. He This was terrible, too. God. SmackDown wasn't great. I know I, I gave it praise... In the, I gave it praise because it was fun in the video, in my review. I, I gave it praise, but, God, looking back and listening to other people's reviews, I started realizing stuff. I was like, man, that, you know, that was that was bad. This was, and this was bad. I, I, I talked about this in my video. This was all terrible. KO, and he, Kevin says, you know, think about my family, man. You're like, I know you're rich, and 100000 isn't that much to you, but blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking about my kids, and it's just, like, imagine – Imagine if Stone Cold came in, like, went to Vince and complained about this stuff. And even then, like, I like it could work, but then Kevin has to get the upper hand at the end of the night. He has to win. You can't have the babyface look bad all night and then lose. Like, it's either they look bad and then they win, or they look good and then they lose. There's th- that. That's how it should work. <laughs> and I know that's... What's the word I'm looking for here? I know that's like easy to see and it's predictable, but predictable is good sometimes. It's very good sometimes. And this was just bad. Kevin looked so stupid. He even went for a, I don't know if it was this segment or there was a second one later, but he went for a handshake on Shane McMahon. He went to shake Shane's hand. And Shane, Shane, the heel, declined it. This was, God, he's bad. It was bad. The writing was terrible. The writing is just bad. So then we had the another first-round match for the King of the Ring tournament, Andrade versus Apollo Crews. This was a really good match. And like I said earlier, big clothesline to start the match. That's a theme that we'll see throughout. Big, big clothesline to start the match, and Apollo got a near fall. Fantastic. I don't have too many notes on this again, uh, but fantastic exchanges between these two. These, these two were really smooth in the ring. I really liked it. Um, at one point, Otunga called Apollo Crews the Jackrobat. Or the jacked ro- jack jacked robot, jacked acrobat. <laughs> it made me laugh. I really enjoyed that line. Uh, but eventually, Andrade won with a hammerlock DDT. Andrade is going on as he chases the title of Ray Andre, which I think fits so well. Andrade, it it really as okay. I want Buddy Murphy to win. That's why that's why I put him in that name. But like, and Ricochet can win, but realistically. It needs to be McIntyre or Andrade. And honestly, preferably Andrade. When I picked McIntyre, I was kind of picking in WWE's eyes. Preferably, it needs to be Andrade. Did I say... I Was I saying Andre? Andrade. Andrade. So, yeah, Andrade wins. Uh, Daniel Bryan backstage. <laughs> Never mind. That's one of the... He was accusing the guy of being a Roman's attacker. Elias was backstage playing the guitar uh, with his 24-7 championship. He was trying to lure people to him because... Well, because of what happened, and so he he noticed this he noticed this guy in a hoodie and a hat, and he was like, "Wait a minute!" And it's John Cohen, the referee, um, and and Elias was like, "Where is he?" And Cohen points at the thing. Cohen had to be silent for because refs can't talk, I guess, even though we hear them talk during the matches. Oh my god! But Drake Maverick was hiding in one of those. Th- travel crates and Elias picked him up and Elias had him like by the throat and Drake just goes 
I got you, buddy. I'm gonna get you. I got. I got the upper. It's only gonna get worse for you. <laughs> Drake is. Drake was hilarious in this segment, and Elias handed Drake a piece of paper, and Drake went to read it, and Elias was still choking him, and he goes, "Do you mind?" <laughs> and he lets go so he can read. And uh, and Drake just uh, Drake reads the note, and it says that the 24/7 championship rules have been suspended for the night, so that Kevin or so that Elias can focus on Kevin Owens in the King of the Ring tournament. So. Okay. Okay. Cool. I hope they don't suspend them every week on SmackDown, which it kind of makes sense in storyline purpose because Shane has control. But And what, why does Shane have control? I thought we were supposed to be the authority. God. Oh, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. And it's not... Again, with the, there are certain times where I'm frustrated not because Shane's the heel and I don't want him to... There's not supposed to be authority figures. I'm I'm frustrated with the booking and the overall continuity of WWE. There's a difference. Moment of bliss segment with Charlotte Flair. <laughs> Come on, this didn't need to be a moment of bliss. Your tag team, your women's tag team champions, should not be hosting TV segments. I'm sorry, but they're just not good. This didn't need to be a moment of bliss. It was mostly Charlotte cutting a promo anyway. This could have just been an in-the-ring promo. And Alexa has little... Alexa and Nikki have little title belts on their cups. It's... Oh, my God. <sighs> Merchandise, man. It kills me. Charlotte says her throne... Or Charlotte says the throne for the King of the Ring is a little more uh, her suit her style than the chair that she was sitting in. But she said, Char or she said, Charlotte, sorry. Charlotte said Trish could not pass her the torch because Charlotte took it from Trish. Good line. She also said that she is the face of the SmackDown women's division. Uh, Alexa argued that it should be Bailey because Bailey's the champion. Duh. Um, and this brought out Bailey and basically, <laughs> basically Bailey said, uh, no, I am the face. Charlotte said, yeah, but I go on all the tours and the, the media stuff. They don't ask you to do it. They ask me to do it. And Bailey says, okay, well, you bet you can't beat me at, <laughs> bet you can't beat me at Clash. And Trish, or God, Charlotte said, I bet you I can beat you at Clash of Champions. And Bailey said, bet. And then she pushed her chair over. So I guess we're getting that match. <sighs> as long as Bailey wins, I'm okay with it. Bailey needs to win. Bailey needs to win. WWE, if you're listening, Bailey needs to beat Charlotte. Anyway, backstage, Buddy Buddy Murphy was preparing for Daniel Bryan. Roman comes back there and he asks Buddy who, who if he's lying to Roman or if he's lying to Bryan, because he said he he told them two different things. And Buddy said, "Don't worry, dude. I'm on your side. I did not lie to you. I lied to them." Okay, Roman said, all right, if I find out you're lying to me, I'm going to come back here. I'm going to beat your ass. All right, cool. Give him more stuff to worry about as he's going to face off Danny Bryan. Um, so, yeah, then they, they both make their entrances. Buddy Murphy has terrible music. Please go back to his old stuff. Good God, you can tell CFO is gone. <sighs> okay. Daniel started off the before the match. He, had a, he, he cut a promo saying like oh so you're a liar and not only are you a liar you're a cowardly liar blah, blah, blah. and he called him a cowardly liar throughout the rest of the show to the point where i to the point where it's almost buddy's new nickname but anyway 
But he started off the match with a huge knee strike for a near fall, like I said, theme of the week. Um, yeah, and this match in particular, I I told myself I wasn't taking notes because I needed to watch this full match. And this match was awesome. Not as good as the Roman Buddy match last week, but this match was still really good. And Rowan tried to interfere, and Daniel rolled up Buddy. Buddy kicked out. And then he he went for a super kick on Brian, but he missed and he hit Rowan. Excuse me. And then he hit a huge running knee strike on Brian. He hit the Murphy's Law. One, two, three. A clean victory for Buddy Murphy over Daniel Bryan. His first main roster pin is on Daniel Bryan. Clean. Awesome. I love it. Yes, they did this with Mustafa earlier this year, but Mustafa got injured. So, as long as Buddy stays healthy, he's going to get a decent push here. And I'm very excited for that because Buddy Murphy is really good. And I really like him. Anyway, I literally jumped out of my... off. Uh, I jumped off my couch after Buddy won. I was ecstatic that that happened. That, that's awesome. Um, then Buddy was doing an interview backstage and he got attacked by Daniel and Rowan where he was being called a cowardly liar. Revival come out for a promo. They came out for a match, but they cut a promo first. They said the uh, they said New Day are cowards, and uh, Big E didn't even show up tonight because he's probably helping Xavier walk out of Minneapolis. Great line. Um, yeah, Heavy Machinery come out because they're the opponents for the match to interrupt. And uh, d- decent match. Heavy Machinery are fun. I, I enjoy them, but th- this was a decent match. And the Revival had to win with a roll-up. The Revival should be able to beat Heavy Machine. Unless they're... Okay, and I I said this, but maybe maybe they're trying to protect Heavy Machinery a little bit. So I guess that's that's good. Because the Revival won with a roll-up. I just think Revival, if especially if they're going to get a title shot, they should maybe win clean over Heavy Machinery. But okay, I maybe if they're protecting them. I'll give them the, give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, Chad Gable interview backstage. And this, I didn't even... I don't even know what Chad said. It was about the King of the Ring tournament. <laughs> I have no idea what he actually said because they were interviewing him in front of the locker room and out from the locker room, Shelton Benjamin pop pokes his head out and does his fantastic eye movement gimmick. It's it, I, I shouldn't say fantastic, but it's really entertaining. I really enjoy it because it's so weird, but it, it, it's so silly. But you see him like sneak out of the locker room and place a piece of paper on the locker room and great camera work because they don't show what the paper is and, and he leaves and then Chad after the interview tries to go into the locker room and they pan up and the sign says there's a line and it's above Chad's head and it said you must be this tall to be in the King of the Ring tournament. I really enjoyed this and it's it's stupid but I really, really enjoyed it. Next we had Ms. TV with uh, Sammy Zayn. Sammy requested this because he wanted TV time. He said, hey, man, I've been losing a lot. I got caught in the WWE trap of greed. I was too greedy. And he said, I, he basically said, (laughs) even though he's been losing, he basically said, I can help other people win. Like, but you've been, okay, sure. So he said, and. He said, "Oh, don't worry. I, you know, I'm gonna help. I'm gonna help people, and I already have suitors. I already have people who want my help." And Miz goes, "Oh, really?" 
because that's missed. And he says, yeah, and I have someone who wants to come out right now. And out comes Shinsuke Nakamura, who, by the way, debuted against Sami Zayn in NXT. So I guess now, and they did this great thing where, like, Miz asked Shinsuke a question and Shin pointed to Sammy as in to say, ask Sammy. I'm not talking to you. You have to talk to Sammy. And Sammy, Sammy says... Oh, I noticed you asked that question in English, Miz. Do you do you expect Shinsuke to reply in English? Because I don't know if you've noticed, but he's he's Japanese. Like <laughs> it's just really good stuff by Sammy. I really like his promo work, and I I think this is gonna be really good. They beat up Miz afterwards with a couple of Kinshasa's. I I I now I don't think they should take someone as talented as Sammy away from the ring, but I think his mic work with Shinsuke's heel work I think this could be really entertaining I think I really do I think this could be really good oh no okay the main event the main event match Kevin Owens versus Elias first round of the King of, Ring, King of the Ring tournament they go for a little bit Shane comes out and before this in one of the other backstage segments Shane said if you strike a referee again I'll have no choice but to fire you so Shane comes out in the middle of the match, and he sits down at ringside. Okay. Super boring match. Not Kevin's fault. Elias's fault. I'll call out Elias. His matches are boring. I'm not a fan of his in-ring work. For, you know, just my opinion. Excuse me. Um, so then back uh, in, the middle of the, in the middle of the match, they're outside, and Kevin throws Elias into the ring, and he goes to, like, hit Shane. But Shane's like, huh, bah, bah, bah. and he takes off his shirt, and he's got a re he's got a branded Shane McMahon referee shirt. So Kevin can't strike him. So Kevin's like, all right, fine, whatever. And he goes in the ring, but Shane follows. Lil Nate, I believe, who was the ref, left, and Shane was now the referee, I guess. And then, then there were spots where like sh Kevin was like about to run into him, so he had to stop, and he kind of looked at Shane, and then he would get a roll up, and that's basically where it happened. Where the, Kevin got rolled up by Elias and Shane with a very fast quick count and Elias wins. <sighs> okay. The reason I had Kevin Owens going to the finals, I don't think, I didn't think he was going to win. But the reason I had him going to the finals is so that you avoid Kevin versus Shane at Clash of Champions. Give this feud while you can still build the feud, because I said that Shane would interfere in the final, give this feud some breathing room and not have a match at Clash of Champions. Because what should have happened is the second match at Hell in a Cell, and then the third and final match of the feud at Survivor Series in a traditional 5-on-5 five -five match. But now, you almost have to have a match at clash of champions and that shouldn't happen because now it's going to get dragged out into four matches and that's just not not necessary it's completely not necessary so i'm very upset with that i don't like that at all and elias is going to lose to buddy murphy in two weeks calling it right now oh man that means we're gonna get buddy versus andrade hopefully in the in the smackdown quarter semifinals holy crap anyway quick cut with about two minutes left in the show because they like to do that uh, it was rowan and daniel in the back room and roman walks up the door roman goes in there because i wanted to wait 
an hour and 58 minutes until I see who my attacker is. God, he's so stupid. And he walks in there, and instead of, you know, going after his attacker and beating him up, he calmly walks in there, and he calmly stands there, and he lets Daniel Bryan talk about how he wants to clear their, their name. And they reveal the man, and it's who I am now referring to as Foen. Fake Eric Rowan. It's a man who is bald and big and has a beard, a clearly dyed red beard, which I did not catch right away, but the beard is dyed, it's it's red because you can tell up towards the top, towards the ears, it's not dyed all the way, it's still black. <laughs> but he does, I'll give him credit, it looks like Rowan with the red beard. And I get what they're going for here. But it came off as a comedy thing, and that's not what they were going for. And I know, see, here's the thing. I know what they're going for, so this should not have been a cliffhanger. What they're going for is Daniel either knows that it was him and Rowan or knows that it is not him and Rowan. So he is trying to clear Rowan's name, not by actually finding who did it or telling him that it was Rowan, but finding a man that they can blame on so that it's not it it's just stupid it's stupid it's stupid i i was really into this i was really into the storyline i like a whodunit but god this and they can still salvage it if it turns out to be someone else or i don't know but if it turns out to actually be rowan or brian then the storyline was messed up. The match will still be decent, but the storyline, they they messed it up. Anyway, NXT, real quick, and then we'll get into the news. I won't go through everything on NXT. Uh, actually, I probably will, but I'll go through them quickly. Undisputed started off the show, and Adam Cole said, you know, we are we should be dripping in gold, but we're not, but we will be. Cool. So then Roddy said that he got screwed, which he did. I mean, I'm within the rules of a triple threat, but, like, he he hit the whatever I can't think of what his finishing move is. Like it's something weird, but he hit his finisher on Pete Dunn, and then Velveteen hit the Purple Rainmaker to win. Like he he hit Roderick during the cover, and then he pinned Pete Dunn to retain. So Roderick should have won, kind of. He like he would have won there. So he has an argument. I should have beat you one on one. And then the uh, the the tag team Bobby and Kyle Fish and O'Reilly have an actual argument about the tag team match because right before the finish Kyle O'Reilly gets thrown into Bobby Fish and Bobby Fish has his left hand on the tag rope and his right hand he he said it the way he said it was perfect too I love Bobby Fish he said during the video that they're showing he said in my left hand the <laughs> the tag team rope. In my right hand, my best friend in the world, Kyle O'Reilly. Just the way he said it was great. Um, so, yeah, this, so they tagged the wrong. Bobby Fish was the legal man. They pinned Kyle O'Reilly. So they have a legitimate shot. They're getting a NXT Tag Team Championship match against Street, Street Profits next week. Cool. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, so as they're leaving, Adam Cole, they're leaving, and Jordan Miles' music hits. Jordan Miles' music is not good. And he comes out with his contract, and he looks like he's an intern. And he just kind of sits there and smiles. He doesn't say anything. 
And Adam Cole says, you know, don't waste your championship match on me. Go over. He said, go face Shayna Baszler or go over to 205 Live or go over to NXT UK. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, go. Go face Walter. That's a good idea. Um, but, yeah, he said, just don't waste your title shot on me because I'm going to make you. I'm going to wipe that smile off your face. And then Jordan Miles just just quietly and calmly started handing Adam Cole the, the contract and then dropped it right in front of That was really good, and then he left. So it was good. We're getting the match, I believe, in two weeks. It'll be a good match. I'm okay with it. Whatever. I, I think I would personally like to see I, – I think I would have – but they want to do the Roddy thing. I, I might have liked to see Velveteen versus Jordan Miles more. But this makes Adam Cole look more like a fighting champion, so I'm okay with it. Um, da, 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 da. What else happened? Excuse me. Mansoor versus Damian Priest. I don't like Damian Priest. He's decent in the ring. I don't like his character. I don't like his moveset. His finisher and signature are flipped. He does like a crucifix powerbomb for his signature. And then his finisher is the crossroads, which they called like the arrow something. I don't know. This was, oh man, I don't, I don't know, I I don't like, and he shoots an arrow at the Titantron to light up his name, which makes no sense, like, I get EC3 pointing at it, because that, that's a heel being like, look at this cool entrance I have planned, but like, this guy's supposed to be serious and scary, and he's shooting a bow and arrow to light up his name. Did he go back to Yeah, I want I want my <laughs> I want my name to light up when I shoot a bow and arrow at it. And it's not even a real bow, he's just miming the bow. It's bad. I'm not a I'm not a fan of Damien Priest. I'm sorry. Mansoor was good, but Priest won. Uh Mia Yim versus Van- Vanessa Mia Yim versus Vanessa Bourne. Good God. Uh this was good. Uh I'm not a huge fan of uh Vanessa Bourne here. Aaliyah's good. Her manager's good, so it works. They're a good team. I don't mind it. But uh, they have this weird thing where they slapped a, a sticker on Mia that said lower, I think. I'm not sure what that's about. I don't know if that's new or if they've been doing that, but it's weird. I don't like it. <laughs> but anyway, Mia Yim won with her eight defeat or whatever. The, the protected neck, I think it's called, actually. Um... It says the modified to eat defeat. This is on WWE's website. Oh no, that's Bleach Report. My bad. My bad. My bad. Uh, no, it's the it's the break your, or protect your neck. Protect your neck. I think is how it's pronounced. I don't know, man. Anyway, uh, after the match, this is what the, the this was more of a segment. It was to set up. We had Shayna Baszler come out and she said, "Hey, man, you are the only one who's pushed me that far." I don't really think so, but any anyway, you know. Kyrie Sane pushed you so far that you lost the championship. Anyway, you pushed me farther than anyone else has before. I want. Why don't instead of fighting, why don't you stand next beside me? Why? Don't, it's a lot warmer under the the dragon's wing. I think she said, or the wing of the dragon, or something like that. It was a really dope line. Um, eventually, the the the, the Marina and Jessamine came out. Finally, they return, and Jessamine's in a sling. Good, like it, selling. And <laughs> Marina's really funny. The, the, this was a good segment. They and then they beat up Yim because she didn't want to. She she went after Jessamine, but Jessamine looks 
I don't know if she's actually injured or if she's selling it, but she didn't get in, involved in the fight. Shayna and Marina beat up Yim, and they left. So, continuing this, like I said, good. Actually, mm, I read the spoilers. I think I I don't think they're actually continuing it. So, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, this was good. I enjoyed this. Uh, Bronson Reed versus Shane Thorne. Basically, this was set up because Bronson Reed said he uh, is the biggest name in Australian strong style or something like I'm the best Australian in NXT. And Shane said, but I'm Australian. Let's fight. Why are they? So they, this is now two of the people out of the NXT breakout tournament that have lost to Shane Thorne. So what was the point of that tournament? Only other than to put over Jordan Miles. I think Cameron Grimes, he's the best out of this. The, the, the former Trevor Lee, Cameron Grimes is fantastic. He He's the best out of that tournament, I, in my opinion. I really liked, who is it, Dexter Loomis, too. That man was awesome. He lost to Bronson Reed. Anyway, Thorne won with a massive knee strike. Ooh. Ooh. It sounded phenomenal. I don't know what kind of slap he had, but it sounded amazing. Um, And then we had Matt Riddle versus Killian Dane. A lot of matches for an hour here. Um, this was really good because Matt Riddle attacked Killian Dane from behind to start the match, and his ribs were taped up, but not like Seth Rollins taped up. It was very, it was skin, it was skin tone. Sorry, not skin. I I apologize because I know that's insensitive. Uh, it was the bandages matched Matt Riddle's skin tone. Let me say that it was so so you. It was very subtle. It wasn't like Seth Rollins. Look, sorry, I'm not I'm not sure what happened there. I think I bumped something. Anyway, it wasn't like Seth Rollins, like, look at my big white tape on my chest. You know, look, I'm injured. It was very subtle. It was good. It looked like he was actually trying to hide it. Anyway, this was just a really good match. It was just the guys were just beating on each other. A lot of big moves. Riddle had the advantage at the beginning of the match because he got the upper hand, like, he, because he attacked him to start. But then eventually the ribs just gave away. Killian Dane beating him up. And Killian Dane hit three. A Vader bomb on the apron, I believe, or on the outside or something, and then three Vader bombs in the ring to beat Matt Riddle. And that was awesome. And Matt Riddle, or Killian Dane, as he's leaving, he's, like, motioning for a championship. So, like, this could be a number one contender's feud. And then as the show's going off air, Matt Riddle runs out of the ring and attacks Killian, like, jumps on Killian Dane's back, and then it fades to black. I was like, holy, wait, <laughs> I want to, no, I want to see this. And that's, and that, that is how you end a show. Not with Fallen. <laughs> but anyway, all right. So, all right, let's move on to the news for WWE for the week. So the big one that I want to talk about will, will basically stay on the NXT wagon here. WWE announces NXT will be moving to the USA Network as a live two-hour show starting September 18th. This is huge news. They got a big money deal out of this. They got they're making a lot. This is going to be the first time that NXT is actually profitable because they were not profitable on the on the network. So this is awesome. That's great news for NXT. It's going to be two hours. So now you know, in a couple of weeks we will have seen what what Matt Riddle was doing to Killian Dane. But I, I think that's good. I think they have enough talent and enough storylines that they can do to make it a two-hour show. They might have to lengthen the takeovers to a, six or seven matches now instead of five, but still, they, they have a lot of... Well, actually, no, because now they're going to have even more time to do these big kind of matches 
which they, they like to do these kind of pay-per-view blow-off matches on NXT TV. So now they have more time to do that. So never mind. Put it down to four matches if you want. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, this is awesome. And my first main... <sighs> My main thing about this was that Vince was going to have a lot of say and it was going to ruin, not ruin, but it was going to cheapen the brand of NXT. It was going to have a lot of Vince stank on it. But apparently it's going to be the same NXT that we know and love that it, that it has been. It's still going to be Triple H's baby. And now we get to see what Triple H will do with a live two-hour show. And I think that's exciting because this could be kind of his uh, audition to taking over Raw and SmackDown when Vince leaves. So I think that's phenomenal. I, I really I really like that. I think that's going to be awesome. Uh, so, okay, I this is something I didn't know, and now I'm reading this. Uh, WWE noted NXT will continue to take place at Full Sail University in Winter Park, Florida, which, sh- which should make which should make it a less costly venue than Raw and SmackDown, which tour national okay so good it's still going to be the nxt i was i was worried that they were going to take it away if they were going to tour that would take it away from the full sale crowd who has just been there since the beginning and they're all very loyal fans and that kind of gives it the small show feel because they're all very loyal fans but anyway so so that's good and i'm glad that it's going to be at full sale it's going to be live so maybe that scheduling for some people will be weird but i'm glad it's still at full sale it, it I was hoping it would be too. So, but yeah, now NXT is going to be directly competing with AEW, who's going to be on at the same time and the same day on Wednesdays. That's the whole point. The whole point is not to beat AEW with NXT, it's to take away viewers. And that's what it's going to do. It's going to. Like, it's, excuse me, there are going to be people who decide which one should I watch. Let's watch NXT because. Seth Rollins is going to be on tonight or because Roman Reigns is going to be, they're going to put main roster guys in the, you know, so there are going to be a small amount of people who chose NXT over AEW. Now I will most likely watch AEW because you can watch NXT the next day on Hulu. And maybe if I still will probably watch AEW because I'm really, I like a lot of those guys. I've gotten really into independent wrestling lately. So I, I like a lot of those guys, especially Moxley and the Bucks and Kenny Omega. Like those are my guys. So yeah. And so I'll probably watch AEW, but I can watch NXT the next day. So I'll still be doing that. But yeah, that also reminds me, I'm going to be doing, I think I said at the beginning too, I'm going to be doing AEW reviews when the time comes. So the schedule is going to have to be all messed around because Monday Night Raw, Wednesday Night AEW, which I don't know what that's called yet. Wednesday Night Dynamite, I believe it is. And uh, Friday Night SmackDown plus NXT. It's going to be a lot. Most of those are going to be in podcast form probably. I don't know if I'm going to have time to do the videos during the during the school year. Anyway, so yeah, that's the big news. NXT moving to USA. Awesome. I really like that. I really enjoy that actually. So um, there's probably nothing on. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I don't know when these two started dating. And maybe this article will have something, so I'll kind of read it while I'm looking at this. But Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins are now engaged. Congratulations to the couple. I'm very, I'm of course, and if they're happy, I'm very happy for them. I'm, I, I, that's an awesome feeling. 
they're going to get married. That's uh, that's awesome. I'm very happy for them, and I don't want this to come off like I'm not happy for them. <coughs> Sorry, my throat is very dry. Okay, they don't. It's not in that article. Maybe it's in. I I don't know how long they've been dating, and it feels like it was only at the beginning of this year because it really became public after WrestleMania. I'm kind of at the Hall of Fame because they were sitting next to each other. And that's kind of where it came off. But I I don't know. It feels quick. Again, I'm not judging because they are the only two people that know what. They're the only two people. I, I, I don't want to make this about it. They're engaged. That's awesome. WWE. Do not make it a storyline. Do not mention it. You can mention You can say, hey, congratulations. Don't mention it during Seth Rollins matches. Don't mention it during Becky Lynch matches. Their opponents can use it as fuel for promos. Like Sasha can mention it. That'd be fine. That that's okay. But don't don't start calling Seth the man's husband or anything. Like that. Or calling <laughs> or calling Becky Seth's husband. Or like, no, 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 no. Just don't. Again, congratulations to Seth and Becky. Becky is my favorite women's wrestler, possibly of all time. So I'm very happy. That's congrats. That, that's super awesome. Um, do 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 do. do. I, I I I I thought I had more to talk about. Uh, give me like two seconds here to like Google live on air because I like doing that. Um, WWE 24 with Kofi. I've heard that's really good. Moxley has an elbow injury. Well, Moxley, you better heal up before I go to All Out next week. Oh. That remind that's a great that that's what I'll talk about and then I'll end the the show here. Next week, uh, on August thirty first, I will be in Chicago for All Out, and I'm extremely excited for that. And one of the people joining me, well, uh, I'll be with three other people. I'll be with um, be with four other people, I believe. <laughs> I don't remember. I feel bad now. I'll just mention the one because I know the one for sure. And he's directly in, it, it, related to this. One of the people I would be going with is my former first round KO co-host, Connor Moore. He will be with me. And so what I'm trying to do, and I should probably look into this like now, I am going to find a place to set up. Maybe it'll just be in the hotel room, but we'll figure something out. I am going. We are going to do a post all out podcast we're, we're going to do a, a live in not live in chicago but a recording in chicago of all out basically a review show probably with nate and duncan and i think josh is coming i'm sorry if i'm dead i'm sorry if i'm getting it no i don't think josh, no not i think it's just us four i'm sorry i'm super confused about it anyway i know for sure me nate duncan and, josh, and connor so it's going to be super fun. It's probably going to be us four on the podcast. Unless I can only get the two, then it'll just be me and Connor. But yeah, Connor's going to be returning for an episode. We're going to do a three-count review of All Out after the show. It's going to be phenomenal. I'll probably be posting pictures. I, I absolutely... I've never been to... It's so a quick little... I've, I've only been to one wrestling event in my life. And <laughs> I was at... Monday Night Raw in Milwaukee last year, last November, I believe, in the build-up to SummerSlam. I be- er, to SummerSlam, sorry. Survivor Series. 
Now, if anyone has a good enough memory, the Raw in Milwaukee last year was the one where Dean Ambrose got vaccinations. And Dolph Ziggler answered Seth Rollins' IC Open Challenge. And the mid-card of evil stood tall at the beginning of the show and the end of the show. It is considered one of the worst Monday Night Raws in recent memory. And, yeah, that was my very first WWE wrestling show. It was my very first wrestling show that I went to. I've never been to a pay-per-view. I still have not gone to anything else. That's the only thing I've ever been to. My second ever show, after going to the worst Monday Night Raw in recent memory, my next show is going to be AEW's pay-per-view all out in Chicago. <laughs> it's going to be such a different... It's not a live show, so there's not going to be commercial breaks. There's going to be a lot of people I don't even know. I know a decent amount of them because I've watched all, most of the pay-per-views that they put out. I still I still didn't watch Fighter Fest, but... I watched I watched all out or all in and I watched double or nothing. I I I, <laughs> I just I think that's really funny that I went to the worst Monday Night Raw in recent memory and now I'm going to all out. I think that's really funny. But anyway, live the, the, we're gonna record a uh, three count at all out next week in Chicago. I'm very excited. There's gonna be pictures. Probably won't do videos because that's not really allowed. And I don't want to I don't want to do that to my boys, uh, the elite. So anyway, that's that. I don't think that'll really affect any of the uploading schedule next week because that is Oh, I know for oh, there's no NXT videos anymore anyway cuz I'll be I'll be out of town on Wednesday, but that's fine. The podcast might be the three count podcast might be late next week. I know it's only my second. It'll only be the second one, but it'll probably be late next week. But anyway, thank you all for listening very much. If you want to see my raw and smack if you want uh my, I do Raw and SmackDown video reviews, and I do them after the show. Like, I watch them in the studio, and I record the video right after. They go up about two hours later, because that's how much it takes, that's how long it takes to film and edit. But, yeah, so, like, even if you want to watch them the next morning, if it's too late to stay up and watch, the next morning, they will be up Raw and SmackDown reviews fresh. I film them right after, so... Please, if you're interested in that, give the this give the YouTube video. It's really late. I need to go to bed. Please give the YouTube channel a subscribe. Please give the podcast a subscribe wherever you are on. Follow it, subscribe it, whatever you need to do. If you can do, like if you're on iTunes, please give a review. I very much appreciate it. I think that's how we grow, and I think that's how we get uh, like suggested more is getting more reviews, and I, I and it helps. So. I would be I would be very appreciative if you did that. Um, if you gave us a review, if not, share us. You know, the tweet us. I, definitely follow us on all of our different. There's a lot of different. The first round KO uh, family is expanding. It, not only do I have first round and three count review, but I have now Tom has discuss it first, which is video games and movie talk. That's a great podcast. I've been on the first two episodes. It's been fantastic. It's been really fun. They're really good episodes. Um, my buddies Zach and Kyle, who have been both on the show, they're starting a podcast called Spin. It's going to be a music podcast. I'm very excited to hear what they're going to do with that. And uh, Connor, my former co-host, is now re 
revitalizing his uh, old TV show into a podcast called Sports and More. So he's going to have a sports podcast, which is going to allow me to cut back a little bit on three on first round, and I can focus on three count a little more. But yeah, that, so that please, we have Twitter pages; they're all in the description. Please go follow those, or you you know, go find them. They're all in the description of the first round KO at FRKO Podcast. All the links are in those descriptions. Excuse me. Um, yeah, so please support First Round KO. Let us in. Yeah. I thank you all for listening, and I will see you in the next three count review. Got me drowning in indecisions, genie and full of wishes, still can't help with the disposition. I'm just a young college kid with all the privilege, trust beyond belief, so can't trust going through the villages. Keep an image of Priscilla with the J Dilla Dilla, need another dollar dollar in Manila, so vanilla with a swirl, let the blade run. Tongue drip slice down the middle of our nation. Heebie-jeebies, we already had this conversation. Kept me busy since day one. Accusations. Pockets gained a little weight like my ex-bitch. Still the only bricks that I've been stacking been in Tetris. Never measure up because we've been on a different metric. And I don't give a fuck about who the next I fill the is. hole in my soul with Palace and Preen logos. Acid wash jeans, the Vans and the Ralph Polo. Burnt like my tongue after sipping some hot cocoa. I just want to jump from the top and fly solo. Fill the hole in my soul with Palace and Preen logos. Acid wash jeans, the Vans and the Ralph Polo. Burnt like my tongue after sipping some hot cocoa. I just want to jump from the top and fly solo.